Yankees win! They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. We lost a $900 million bid to buy the LA Rams. Look, that contract extension was for $176 million. The stadium will cost $1.1 billion? Champions are made and cash always follows. But where did it all start? These are the true stories of the blockbuster sports deals that went down in the locker room, boardroom, and between the lines that made many people very, very wealthy. From Entrepreneur Media, this is The Playbook. I'm CEO of Sports One Marketing and your host, Dave Meltzer. It's rare that I get a current player in my my mitts. I'm usually with all the old timers, you know, coming from Lee Steinberg. We have so many legacy legends, but this is the future legend. And I'll tell you why. It's not just the nine sacks that you had on the field here. Derek Morgan with the Tennessee Titans. But it's what I see you. I mean, you're a young man. What you're doing off the field is incredible. And so I want to get a little bit into that side. We all know you're a first round pick, 2010. Incredible, incredible football player. <laughs> but this guy's an entrepreneur. So let's start there. What do you see and why Why did you get so involved so early? I know you got your MBA. I'm actually part of that program with Michael oh, Lith really? got at Miami. Okay. Yeah, so we recruit players. So if you can put a pitch into your friends, because you know that's a great program. Yeah, definitely. Um, so back to like the original question as far as, you know, putting in to myself off the field. Um, everybody knows the narrative of, of guys mismanaging their money, going broke, bankrupt, um, what have you. And really, you know, understanding how hard of a transition it is from playing in the NFL where football is all you know all your life and then one day they tell you you can't play anymore. So, you know, keeping all that in mind, I started making investments into myself, um, taking my off seasons instead of playing Call of Duty, going to learn and read and educate myself and trying to figure out what I like, what I don't like, um, so I could almost kind of have a seamless transition. And so you mentioned the NBA program. That was one of the steps I took to invest in myself outside of football. And, you know, it was a great program, 18-month program that was, uh, they customized it so it was around the NFL uh, schedule. So, you know, I was in the classroom uh, in Miami taking classes in the offseason. And the hardest part was actually taking three online courses during the season. So a lot of time management, but... You know, when I look up 18 months later, had a lot of valuable information, a lot of valuable contacts and just some some knowledge that the old retired players were giving me that, you know, parent was paramount to everything. You know, one of the things they said and it was universal from every guy I talked to was do it now. Don't (laughs) wait until you're done. Do something now while people still care about you. And so I took that to heart. And since then, I've been really just, you know, trying to figure out what I like, making, you know, the, the right uh, connections and networking and trying to build my network out so I can kind of, you know, have a better transition. That's awesome. That's a Dave Meltzer tagline. I always say if you don't do something now, it costs you a minimum of twice as much time. Mm-hmm. And each day or hour that goes by, you become exponentially less statistically successful when you don't do something now. Right. And so I always ask myself when an issue comes up, can I do it now? Because sometimes it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it now exponentially for effectiveness, statistical success, you're better off. Now, 
Yeah. A lot of this came from older players, but you and I have something in common, and it's not athletic skill. I'll just tell you that. You I played, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I played Division Three football. Christian Okoye ran me over my freshman year, and that was it. So uh, I still got his signature right here, size, oh, yeah. 30, size 13 right here. Implanted. Implanted, yeah. He's a heavy mo. Anyway, you're lucky he retired before you started playing. Uh, but we have something in common. I think our main mentors, and I, I hope you don't take this insult as a compliment, but we're both mama boys. Is that true? Come on. Um, one would one would assume that, right? Yeah. It was me and my mom primarily, and my mom was a hard worker, man. So like, I get that. It was I learned my work ethic from her, you know. So you know, it was times where I really wasn't seeing her because she was at work, and I was at a babysitter. I would come home, go to the babysitter, play, but she was working, you know, sixty hours a week to make ends meet. And so I think I really, you know, in hindsight, value, you know, learn my work ethic from my mother. And she's instilled so many great values in me that I didn't appreciate at the time, like getting my education, making that priority before I even touched the field. So before I even hit the playground, I had to come home and do my homework and before I could do anything. So she instilled a lot of values in, in me that I really appreciate. And you went to a great academic institution. You went to Georgia Tech. You did really well. You have your MBA. You're still a young, great player. In fact, last season, I think, was your best season by far. And I think this season is going to be even better now that you're a vegan. You got a beautiful wife that's a chef. You're like Jason Day of football. This is awesome. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, my mom was single, six kids. Same thing. I learned my work ethic from her. And, you know, all my siblings went to good schools. We weren't blessed with athletic skills, but with a lot of academic talent, you know, which has its place. Um, Now, tell me about being an entrepreneur, because you truly are. And it's not just that you're an entrepreneur. You're a give back entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Tell me about some of the programs that you're working on. I know you did a lot with kids at South by Southwest. Give us a little bit of insight, not only what you do as an entrepreneur with your own fund, but how you're empowering younger adults to be entrepreneurs and innovators. Yeah, so basically it, it, it goes back into me educating and learning. Um, and so I really started, you know, when you look at the minority community in a whole and the underserved communities, there's a vicious cycle going in, uh, going on there. Um, you know, poverty, mass incarceration. And I'm like, you know, what is at the root cause of this? What is causing this cycle to continue um, uh, continually happen. And for me, in my opinion, it boiled down, boiled down to lack of opportunity. Um, you know, systems in place, discrimination, education inequality. And so I looked at that as a chance for me to help leverage my influence to help amplify different causes. So the South by Southwest thing was an existing cause, but they might have took 20 students the year before. I was able to use my influence to help amplify that um, to we took 100 students to South by Southwest. And so that comes out of a passion for, for of mine to kind of, you know, give everyone a, a, a even playing field. And so I think that, you know, one of the, the things that I feel passionate about is diversity in tech. And so that was an initiative that was focused on getting these kids in the right room as some of the decision makers rubbing elbows with the likes of Steve Case, AOL founder, and, yeah. and people like that. So I think that's just one of the initiatives that kind of uh, became organically to me of trying to give kids opportunity. That is awesome. A hundred kids at South by Southwest. It's interesting because, you know, it's a touchy subject about minorities, inner city kids, and opportunity. And one of the themes that I'm working on is two issues to look at. One, productivity, and two, accessibility. And so I believe that 
you you make yourself accessible to so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you play, I've seen you, you're accessible to your fans, mm-hmm. which they appreciate, but to your community, you're accessible. Mm-hmm. And then the productivity side is also teaching others how to access the opportunities. Yeah. Because I will tell you that systematically, I believe our system's racist. And I think some people have bad intentions, but the majority of the people out there don't. Like, I think we have a more enlightened society that most people don't want anything but equality and fairness to all. But the system, system. it breeds this inequality. And and these kids, yeah, these kids don't have access and they don't know about the opportunity. There's plenty of scholarships out there for kids of all colors, for all races and all economic backgrounds. But most kids, including, you know, rich kids, they don't know where to access the right opportunities. So to take guys like you, and and I think it's important for guys like you to do this because we've always taken guys like Evander Holyfield. Mm-hmm. And I always believe when Evander Holyfield made the commercial, the PSA, that said, real men don't hit women, mm-hmm. it meant a lot more to kids than if Dave Meltzer would get on someone they couldn't identify with, you know, as an aggressive, you know, strong boxer. People would just kind of ignore it. But when Derek Morgan gets out there and says, look, I did it myself, single mom from the inner city, went to Georgia Tech, I have my MBA, I'm making money. In fact, I'm creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. And all it takes is someone like you to change one life, let alone a hundred. Do you have any stories about any of the kids that you know that have probably written you or come back to you and said, hey, this is actually a huge perception change. My life has changed. I'm going to move forward with this or any of those stories for us. Before we continue the interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Champions have tools that help them win, ranging from the strict diets to the shoes they choose to wear. When they go to the boardroom, a single tool stands out to make sure they are productive and get the best deal possible. Their black moleskin notebook from Best Self Company. Check out the Best Self Journal at bestself.co. That's bestself.co. Okay, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the initial feedback that we got from the students that we took to South by was very encouraging. Um, You know, we were able to get a couple of kids placed in different internships. Some of them actually got jobs out of that opportunity. So just seeing the results, I'm a really results-oriented person. Um, And so just kind of seeing that and saying, look, this wasn't all in vain. Like, people actually got real opportunity. It wasn't, like, just, you know, vanity and people looking at it from a media perspective, but actually see real metrics and see real people uh, getting opportunities uh, was very encouraging. And I actually partnered with um, a community, uh, uh, it's called Oasis Center in Nashville. And we basically did a entrepreneurship curriculum for, you know, inner city kids. So it was about, uh, I want to say 12 to 14 kids who had business ideas. And we brought in mentors and we basically took them through a entrepreneurship one-on-one to try to bring try to uh, bring their idea to fruition. And, you know, just going back year two, some of the original um, attendees from the from that original cohort was just saying, look, we appreciate you coming down here, um, you know, just, just showing your face. Because that, you know, some kids just want to kind of just see that there that there's a way out, you know, and they, and it's an inspiration to them. So the the feel that somebody you know, in my position cares about them. So just things like that just kind of really encourage you. That's awesome. Now, 
There is a difference between being an innovator, and I'm sure they taught you this in business school, but an innovator and an entrepreneur. So to me, an innovator is someone that is the process or action of making your imagination or your ideas real. Mm -hmm. But an entrepreneur like you takes it a step farther. He monetizes the idea. Mm-hmm. Right? He right. monetizes innovation. And making money is a very important part of doing business. Yeah. And you have great opportunity playing football to aggregate income, to use fiscal responsibility, which is something that you teach and encourage other people to do. Mm-hmm. I wonder you know, what kind of effect is your actions, right? Your innovative actions taking on your teammates as well. Have you seen some of your teammates follow suit and, and take on some other product or even join your MBA program? Has any of yeah. that stuff happened? Um, this is the MBA program. I've had guys come up to me and say, hey, like, was it worth it? Was it a real program? I'm like, yes, do it. Like, take that step and do it. And, you know, speaking about just things I'm doing, um, we have a, a, a Slack. Uh, it's about 20, 20 NFL guys. Really? Um, mostly current. Guys like Russell Okun, Kelvin Beecham, um, uh, Ryan Mundy. Um, just guys who are really on the same page as far as thinking like post career and, and, and business wise, and you know it's it's almost like a, we sh- we share our deals, we give critiques, and and it's almost like a competitive thing. So it's like okay, so I see Russell Okun, he has a STEM initiative out of Seattle. I'm like, man, he's doing that good. I'm like, like how can I you know do something you know like that or better? And it's like you know guys get caught up so much in the competitiveness. But really, when you take a step back, it's like, guys, look at all this influence we have here. What if we really aggregated our influence together and started doing more impactful, impactful things? So if we're all different, you know, if we're all in different silos, but let's let's just say if we huddled up and really started using my influence to kind of, you know, uh, amplify some of these causes to do different projects, how much impact would that have? And so I think that's kind of starting to, to change the conversation is what we're, try, what we're trying to do. That's awesome. You know, you guys should talk with Ronnie Lott, Steve Young, oh, yeah. Warren, all those guys did the same thing, right? Your right. huddle ventures. Right. And they made millions of dollars in the Silicon Valley. They still are with Ryan, his son, Ryan yeah, East is another guys. Uh, I think you guys should talk to, but it's interesting when you see the power that you guys have, not just on the football field, not just brand, right. but the power of what makes you a successful football player. I, you know, I played small football, but I found that the things that made me successful on the field was what made me, and it was the differentiator in the business world. No question. Yeah. Focus. Right? They don't realize how, I mean, I'm a huge admirer of a professional athlete mm-hmm. because I know how much intelligence, focus, and discipline yeah. that it takes. There's quite, you, you, you're probably, and I'd like to ask you this question. Do you believe there's tons of guys that are physically talented enough to play in the NFL, but what are those things you have in those other guys that you're on the field with, with the Titans and other teams? There is a, there's plenty of guys that are good enough to be on the field yeah. physically. Yeah. But what are those intangibles that you think you have and others have that make the difference? I think you touched on a few of them. Focus, discipline, um, work ethic, um, knowing when to say no. Good point. Um, associating yourself with the right people. I went, to, I went to school with a lot of guys who should be in the league, but they're either in jail, at home. Some of them are dead because they made wrong decisions. And you see it all the time. It's like, these kids have so much talent, but a decision here or there, 
derails their whole future. And I was blessed because I made a lot of bad decisions, but within that, I was still focused on my goal and I had the discipline still in me from my mother and the work ethic that kind of helped me rise above the rest, um, pairing that with my athletic my athletic ability. So, you know, some guys just get bad breaks, man. Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, the intangibles are, pe- are something that people don't talk about that goes on behind the scenes and what separates people from really making it to this level. Yeah, there's subtleties of success. And I've been blessed to be in this business so long around, you know, we still market the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so I'm one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, you know, why do you do it? Because I want to surround myself with the right people and the right ideas. Mm-hmm. And so by surrounding myself with the greatest athletes of all time, I know that I can learn the intangibles of what it takes because all of those guys in the Hall of Fame were not the best athletes. Right. Right. They, they weren't. Even Warren will tell you, right? It took him six years. In fact, uh, Warren Moon, my business partner, who's kind of a t- Tennessee Titan lesbian because yeah. of the Oilers. Yeah. But he always says the best thing that happened to him in football was that they discriminated against him mm. because it pissed him off. Right. Right. And he spent six years in Edmonton practicing so hard to prove that he was the greatest quarterback. And he says, if I would have been drafted, which he deserved to be, and he would have played second string for a couple of years and been a starter, that he doesn't think that his work ethic and drive and yeah, discipline w- yeah. would have made him a Hall of Famer. Right. But because it was taken away from him, he played till he's 44. He kept his body like a temple, right? And he wow. said, you know, before Brett Favre, Warren had almost every passing record in the league. And this is for a guy that they said wasn't intelligent enough to play quarterback after being MVP of the Rose Bowl, but not for Ohio State. He was the MVP for the Rose Bowl, beating Michigan, playing for Washington. Right. So it's a whole different thing. And I see guys like you all day long that I would put my money on because I know you have the intangibles. And it's so interesting. The subtleties of success. You say surround yourself with the right. These guys, you know, we all you said, you know, I made my mistakes. I joke around. But anyone that knows my history, I know I'm I'm just complimented. You said you follow me on Instagram. The one thing that makes me real is that I've paid the dummy tax. You know, I've lost more money than most athletes make. I've made mistakes, but I I had a strong wife and before that a strong mother to put my stuff in order and say, hold on, you're a value-based guy, right? You're living by, you're human, right? We've made all these mistakes, but that's not going to stop me from helping other people. And Warren and my motto is one that I think you live by. It's make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And so I, 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 I would, yeah, you can steal it. I give it to everyone. But what, tell me like three things if, if I was going to ask you that you want people to identify Derek Morgan, right? This is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing on the playbook. I want to know the three things that you think make Derek Morgan, Derek Morgan. You know, I, I, I think I, hashtag discipline definitely would be one. Yeah, um, discipline. Um, I think my faith, my, my, um, my foundation of faith being uh, rooted as a Christian has very much so impacted my life in ways that I can't even you know, explain. It's just kind of that put me on a trajectory that separated me from a lot of things. Um, so out of that birth characteristics like discipline and then uh, accountability, you know, Love that. <laughs> um, and I would say that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty self-aware. You know, I'm, 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 I look at myself objectively and I see like, okay, I can do this better. This, this is where, um, you know, my weaknesses, these are my strengths. And I'm honest with myself. 
So I think being aware of your shortcomings, your strengths helps you to better yourself overall and helps you to navigate correctly. That's phenomenal. You know, I teach four things. People come into my business and they want to learn to be a sports agent, a marketer, and I teach four things. And I think you live by them. Number one is gratitude, Mm -hmm. right? It makes your past great, your present better, your future brighter. Two is empathy, which is forgiveness, right? right? We both get that. Because if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive anyone else. And you see that a lot in the league, right? And then number three, accountability. So many people live in blame, shame, and justification. You're, you're amazing. And then the last is this effective communication. First up, yeah. right? We know how to, what inspires us, right. right? You call it God, Jesus, Muhammad. I don't care, right? I believe that God itself, you have to connect this way because if you can't, how are you going to live an inspired life right. to empower other people to be happy? Right. And so, you know, you have years of wisdom. How old are you, Derek? 28. 28. He's about 55 in wisdom years. And he has <laughs> me. An old soul. Yeah, you are an old soul. And I am just so delighted and proud. Last question. I know you joined the Vayner Sports team. Yeah. You know, give me the reasons why you came aboard Vayner Sports. Um, okay. So I don't want to step on your toes. That's a, no, we're not comp- We're partners. Okay. So yeah. Brag about Vayner. No, well, yeah, I, I will. <laughs> but it, it, it comes from <clears throat> my feelings of the traditional agency model just being um, not really benefiting the player. You know, really, um, through my years, just a lot of unmet expectations, man. Um, a lot of promises uncut, right? A lot, of, a lot of promises. And it's like, we're going to give you X, Y, and Z, and I've never even seen X. And so <laughs> I think that, I think where Vayner's going, um, the hustle that they bring, the expertise, the experience that they bring to the to the sports agency world is interesting to say the least. So that's kind of what got my attention. And then once I started uh, really interacting with AJ, Gary's brother, um, you know, realizing his deep insight on different things, like I can send AJ a deal I'm looking at. He can give me great advice back. And, you know, just the different things that they have going on business-wise, they have a venture capital arm, Vayner, you know, just what they're doing in the media space. I think it just makes sense for, for where I'm at in my career and as an overall person. So I think, um, you know, it's very strategic on my end, trying to align with the right people and hopefully they can kind of take them to the next level. Once again, Derek Morgan proving his awareness because Vayner Sports definitely has, I think, the right way, the way Lee used to do it, build a legacy, mm-hmm. not just an on-field practice. And you're a perfect client for them. Right. And uh, like I said, Warren and I are big fans of Vayner and yours. Uh, Unfortunately, we ran out of time. This is David Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing, The Playbook with Entrepreneur, and my newest favorite player, Derek Morgan. Playbook is produced by Nathan Lotka, and our media partner is entrepreneur.com. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday when we feature another story on how a sports icon went from the playing field to the boardroom. 